I think the writing now it's coming it's coming in a good moment where I want to work a bit more on on the creativity side and and this way of expressing myself that makes me feel really good I feel it's a, a mature step I might be taking uh, toward the future if I combine my love of food and my love of writing Today on Dirty Linen, we are continuing our celebration of New Voices on Food Volume 2, which showcases diverse voices in food media. Uh, Our guest today, she lives in Australia, but she's coming to us from far away today. Mayra Sanyori is in Brazil and... Mayra says about herself on her own substack, I once was a biologist and a pole dancer. Then I became a wife and a yogi. Now I am a chef. <laughs> and she's also uh, identifies as a writer. Mayra, so interesting. Welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you so much, Danny. And I think it's more or less, <laughs> that, that's what, what I am, more or less. <laughs> a mixture of all those weird things combined. <laughs> well, I think all of us are probably, yeah, more than we can put into words. And I'm sure that's the case with you. Tell us uh, where we find you today. Today I am in Brazil and I'm specifically in my parents' apartment in a big um, city called Goiânia. Here is where I grew up. Most part of my life I lived here with them and after a few years of being apart because of the pandemic, of course, I'm back for two months holiday with the family. <laughs> wow, what is that like? It's it's really good. It's quite natural actually I I, I wasn't really uh, anxious uh, and and as soon as I arrived I felt home pretty quickly I just yeah feel feel like feels like home however I don't imagine myself living here um, as I did before it's so interesting and what about from a food sense like what have you become immersed in uh, on this trip uh, I <laughs> It's it's been only five days, so and I'm taking quite easy uh, at this time. I I came to Brazil once before, and it was I came with the um, I was focused on ticking items from my list. You know, I want to eat this, I want to go there, and and do this and cook that, and and this time I'm just letting things flow. So I'm really enjoying sitting at the table having lunch with my family having the the good old rice and beans and a vegetable and a meat and a nice salad um this morning for example i decided i woke up super early and i wo- i walked to the bakery and i bought the really simple common um bread that every family has in for breakfast with butter and a strong coffee you know so just simple um familiar things, familiar flavors. Um, yeah. Taking it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and just, I mean, we're focusing on new voices on food. Tell us about the writer part of you and how you come to be part of that collection. Um, I think the writer part of me, it's, it's a stepping out quite slowly. 
um, sometimes I have a bit of a burst of creativity and and I don't lock myself in too much and I write more and especially in Portuguese um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find space you know I'm trying to challenge myself and I have a, I have done a couple of writing courses not only focused on foot riding um, but just to learn how to deal with creativity and techniques and I decided I had to use those new skills I was acquiring and uh, the new voices on food uh, the diversity on food media was um, a media that, that I was always looking and always uh, following through Instagram And when I saw the chance of, of uh, sending one of my one of my works, you know, and I, I thought it had everything to to work out well. Um, speaking about talk talk about family, talk about past, present, and future with food. It's it's quite simple in my head. It comes it comes naturally. So yeah, and that's when I submitted. And here I am, I guess. It's, it's been really fun. Uh, I, I've had the privilege of reading your story and you talk about uh, this layering of family recipes, family recipe books that are passed on and annotated. Uh, yeah, tell us, tell us about this, this story. Um, well, we have this Cook, family cookbook for many many generations well I say many 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 years maybe not as many many generations uh, definitely from my great grandmother that's probably when it started um, and I think they are all women that they share recipes and write um, specialities from their own um, so It's, it's a book, if you open the first page and the last page, there's a lot of story within those pages. And I, I, I don't know, it, I, don't, I believe it was never a plan to have a family cookbook. <laughs> you know, it just, it just started, someone started and, and all the women continued and every holiday the book was on the table and some, something new would come up as a recipe for a holiday uh, dinner and someone would write it down and that's how it progressed and today it's it's quite big <laughs> it's here um, we really need to update it it's kind of a treasure for sure Wow. And I mean, I love recipe books that have got food splatters on them and, and just fall open to some of the most used pages. What, what are some of the recipes in there that, that you turn to? Well, I, I always remember um, a couple of special re recipes we would, we would cook on special occasions and not every recipe a title I wrote on the text on the on the piece I wrote is something familiar for me um, there are so many but I, I can remember a couple um, of recipes especially desserts so cakes and pies and there is this really nice we call big ice cream it's kind of a parfait of white and, and milk chocolate and we demold it just in time to eat and it's amazing I always always really loved this recipe and I would call my mom several times to 
send me a picture or read the recipe again so I could reproduce it. <laughs> never memorize it. Never memor- Never write it down. <laughs> I always need to call again. So, yeah. Well, maybe there's a reason for that. It's. I mean, food is so much about connection, especially those family recipes. So maybe you just do need to talk to your mom every time you make it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really true. Have you uh, been able to write some recipes in there yourself, recipes that, that you've come up with or collected? Not yet. And the time is now because I think now I'm more into food than I ever was. And now I'm also a grown up. I, I believe now I'm allowed <laughs> to write. And this after, after writing uh, this piece for New Voices on Food, I felt this urge to reconnect and, you know, touch the book and write and cook with my family rather than go go to restaurants and eat others, other people's food, which is also nice. But um, I'm looking forward to write to write a recipe there. And I brought I brought my little notebooks with um, with sketches of recipes and things I have cooked in the past five years. So I'm looking forward to first I need to cook and if it's approved <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll be allowed to write it down. Wow, what's one of the dishes that you're hoping will make the cut? Look, a few things I loved to learn how to make in in Australia is food you can you, you you can eat with your hands and you have options for example tacos or if you make a pita bread and you have like several combinations and you can make your own gyros on your plate or th- that kind of food i really i really like playing with that so i would probably write a recipe for a taco night and i think this would be the first <laughs> the first one in that book Wow. What's the, I mean, I think in Australia, you know, we love to eat different cuisines from night to night. Is it, is that the same in your family in Brazil? Is there that sort of openness to food from all over the place? Uh, I'm pretty sure there is this openness because we like to, to try different things, but it's not very uh, clear which um, cuisine we would be eating when when we eat something different it doesn't really feel so obvious or this is from vietnam this is from china this is from you know um mexico it's the the different cuisines in brazil they are already already really um dissolved into one another uh but so i think maybe maybe that is the reason why they would be very open for me to bring those uh, more specific recipes and traditional flavors from different um, cultures. Mm, that's so interesting. Is that is that because the the various layers of immigration in Brazil have sort of settled? Like there's been less recent immigration there than there is in Australia. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now it's all one big thing. You you, you can find definitely you can find different cuisines within Brazil or on the different regions of the country, but it it has settled in terms of the um, different co- cultures from different countries. It definitely has. I'm just starting to see a few um, 
window shops and in a few re uh, restaurants saying uh, for example pokeball so Vietnamese something healthy salads you know kind of trying to introduce uh, a, a new title for things you know like trying to bring new a new new way of new ways of eating um, but it's it's quite settled for sure it's a it's a big mixture Mm. So all these other words, biologist, pole dancer, wife, yogi, chef, <laughs> tell me, tell me a bit more about yourself. How do, how do all these words layer up and fit together? Um, I think I was always very curious and, and somehow creativity was always there in a way, in, in the way I would decide try to move my body so I started with ballet and I did several things and I did pole dance for a while which was also something I really enjoyed doing and alongside um, I started when I when I finished um, college I, I decided I would be a biologist I was always really connected to nature and I studied that a lot um, And then things were changing when I decided to move, uh, move countries. I already had a master at that time, but I decided to move. And slowly, slowly, it was just, you know, like taking steps that put put me a bit further away from that path I was going um, uh, for before. And when I saw myself, I was inside the kitchen and then I was doing a different kind of yoga that always that also challenged me a lot and I had you know a little family like I was now me and my partner in another country and I kind of really dive into all those things so you know I could I, I labeled myself of uh, I, I labeled myself like that for Every time I changed, I changed plans. So I, I saw myself as a biologist and I saw myself as, as a chef and, and I saw myself as a pole dancer and then I saw myself as a yogi. <laughs> and yeah, just uh, one thing led, uh, led into another and everything made sense. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, I mean, how do you see things progressing over the years to come? Uh, for the future you mean yeah um i i could never i was never a person who saw things or or tried to see things really in the future it makes me a bit anxious because you know who knows what's gonna happen tomorrow um so i don't think too much but i i think the writing now it's coming It's coming in a good moment where I want to. I, I just want to to work a bit more on on the creativity side and and this way of expressing myself that makes me feel really good. And it's I feel it's a a mature step I might be taking uh, toward the future if I combine my love of food and my love of writing. Um, and, and, and then progress to write not about only food, but, you know, things I observe outside my bubble. Uh, it, it, it's always really nice to, to read what I write. So it makes me excited and I guess I will, I will start progressing on that. The chef part of you, like, have you worked in kitchens in Australia? I have I have worked in a few kitchens although I feel like 
I feel in the last two years that I'm, I feel like a chef in the last two years. That's when I started working um, in a restaurant with the dinner service, you know, like all the complexities of a restaurant just started to fall in place. And I started to understand, understand my role and, and, and progress and take responsibilities and things and feel the rush. <laughs> And I really, I really liked it. I really like uh, the feeling of being there, of, of, of serving people, of being responsible for someone's dinner and, and someone's having a good night and thanking you for that. Yeah, I, I really liked that, that experience. Wow. And I mean, are those satisfactions different to the satisfaction you get when you're writing? Yes, it is. It is different, but all, but both things make makes me proud of myself because they are challenging in its own ways, and and it's not easy. It requires different kinds of focus, but I have to be very present for both things. Um, so I think, yeah, there's different but similar. <laughs> they satisfy me a lot. Yeah, I guess with writing, it's like you can always go back and change it. Like there's a lot, you can draft it over and over again. And I suppose when you're cooking, of course you can tweak a dish the next time you make it, but the experience of sharing it with that particular guest is very in the moment, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, I suppose it's more like a poetry reading or something where it's a very direct um, gift uh, whereas, yeah, I suppose when you're working and working at a, at writing, I don't know. It's I, I hadn't thought really thought about it like this, but they're they're kind of very similar in some ways in terms of the drafting and the iterations and the ability to keep changing. But then they're also quite similar in that once it's delivered in that moment, then that's it. That that is true. Yeah, at, in the kitchen, you, you have the freedom to change and and try until certain point, and from there, it's action and it needs to work <laughs> so yeah that that's a it's a big difference for sure that's a good point um you you, you cannot fix mistakes that easily uh in the kitchen and 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 that's why being present is so important um as well when when i'm writing of course i can i can change things whenever i want but when i'm present and i write things the way i want to write or or i i can grasp thoughts quite quickly and and write it down it's a big satisfaction to you know like being being present in that moment it's it's the way to do it yeah i think another big difference between cooking professionally and and writing is that one is very much teamwork and one is very solitary. But I then that also makes me want to correct myself because if I think about your story and you talk about this this recipe book that's being, you know, a collaboration through time and around the table um, simultaneously, like there is also, I suppose, a, a kind of teamwork in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, in that in that case, in that case of a family cookbook, it it. It developed really organically and I'm pretty sure if there was only one person responsible for it, it wouldn't be as special as it is now. Um, so yeah, it's in that case is definitely definitely the the um, 
the result of a teamwork as it is in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, that's quite unusual, I guess, with a, with a book, isn't it, that, it's, that it is um, so collaborative. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And now to- talking to you about this book, it makes me want to publish it because for for the family it is it is it is just a family cookbook you know it we we never we never i don't think no one besides me have put so much thought into it and it it would make a lot of sense to to publish um this book and and, and making make it become you know a public thing so people could also have some fun reading <laughs> reading the recipes we collected throughout the years. I would love to see it. I think also that it would be an interesting phenomenon to happen to that creation because then it fixes it in time, whereas, you know, now it's very dynamic and you're going to add to it. And, yeah, um, it, would be, it would be, yeah, like making a time capsule out of it. That, that's true, yeah. That would be really special. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, if I was to, I mean, I, I, um, one of the things that I really love when you talk about it is these great names like happy salad sauce with seven things. Is that, um, is that a a Brazilian thing or is that a a Sanyori family thing that these, um, dishes have very evocative and descriptive, uh, descriptive names in a sense, bride's crown, mom's pie. They're sort of descriptive, but they also tell you nothing. (laughs) Nothing, exactly. I don't know. Look, my family, and actually, um, my this is a book from my mom's side, and the surname that I, I carry her surname it's it's Dalia. That's her uh, family's uh, name, not Senor is my dad's name. And they are really funny. They mostly women. Uh, they're really funny. They have a lot of. It's almost a dialect. Even when I talk to my friends and I say some words we share, we, we talk within, you know, our family. They don't really understand what it is. So they're really funny women. They give the funniest names to, to, to domestic animals. They, you know, they give nicknames for objects. It's, they're really creative. So I would say this is 60% um, uh, the the reason is it's it's sixty percent coming from them, but also maybe that's something from you know the old days where you kind of find a name that would describe that dish or or in a conversation you and someone else <laughs> decided that I don't really know I feel I feel like it it maybe it was the trend at that time kind of I I don't really know. Uh, today, today the, the recipe names are different. You, 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 you know exactly what it's going to be the outcome when you read the title. Uh, but I don't think it was like that before. Um, they would, yeah. Usually, the cook, the one who is, you know, mastered that recipe, would be their names in the recipe. So I don't know. 
Danny's <laughs> bread. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really yeah. that's a really good point, and I think we also see that in menus more these days. Um, you know, like before, you might just have I don't know gazpacho or vichyssoise, or now it's more like a leek and potato soup. Maybe I think maybe it's that we we want to be more in control of our experience, so we need these. Um, yeah, we, we don't want, maybe, maybe, I'm speculating, maybe we don't want as much mystery. Um, yeah, we want to know what we're getting. I guess, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 and it definitely if it's something on the menu that carries just one or two names and there's no description, we would raise our hands and ask for help. <laughs> right. What is this actually? What is, what is that saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think it just developed, you know, like that throughout time. <laughs> mm. um, Maya, something I'd love to ask you about is, you know, you've come to Australia as an immigrant, um, made a home here, but, you know, the way you speak about Brazilian culture, obviously it is so many different things. What is it like for you to come here and be, you know, quote, unquote, a Brazilian person? Do you feel like you're called upon to represent too much um i i'm really uh easygoing in that sense i really like to to just um mix into the crowd and and kind of try to learn and and live uh, through others people's perspectives and and habits and things like that but it's slowly i'm tr i'm starting to connect with other brazilians that carry a bit more that um that purpose on their hearts and minds of you know uh, showing up well, showing everyone how 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 we how we see things, how we cook things, how we respect the way we respect and treat food and things like that. So I'm starting to find more people like this and, and, and maybe starting to engage a bit more um, in that sense, uh, trying to cook something from that I would cook at home for my friends in the restaurant and having a meal with with friends at home and, and, and teach them what it is and when it where it came from and and what the flavor is what the flavor is and why it is so special for us uh and it's quite nice because it generates curiosity as well and and um yeah and it, you know it's it's just brings a bit of shine a bit more shine and an interest to the table when we approach our culture with that excitement um, I guess that's yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you say, it. I've what I'm hearing is you're saying you can sort of be less Brazilian and more Brazilian, um, depending on how you're feeling or what stage of yeah your immigrant journey you're on. Of course, because you know I I left my country, so um I lived here most part of my life, of course, and I'm ready to indulge in something else. And, and to bring more things into myself that I've never met before, I never learned before. So I wasn't really, you know, picky with that. I There are several Brazilian uh, restaurants and bars and things I have never been. Uh, 
And people's like, oh, what? You have never been there, or there you have never tried this. Oh, but the night there is so cool, blah blah. And, and I was like, oh, that's true. I kind of need to start to connect a bit more again, see what my people is doing outside our country. <laughs> yeah, um, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I take that really easily. I don't plan too much. You know, I just go with it. Wonderful. Um, so, Mayra, I know you're just at the start of your time back with your family and you are taking things slowly, but is there is there something that you want to eat or try or visit uh, at some point on this trip? Uh, yes, I really, really, really want to travel north. I live, I'm, I'm in the center, in the very center, and I'm craving going to the coast in Brazil, north or northeast. I really love those cuisines as well. They're really traditional, really um, uh, original, and you cannot really find uh, those flavors um, in other places in the country. And so I'm, I really want that. I'm looking forward. And and one of my, my favorite meals, we already have a day to cook it. It's feijoada. It's the black bean and pork stew and have all these sides and accompaniments. And, and this is any every time there is a farewell for me, a, a farewell party, that's what we cook. When there is a birthday party, that's what we cook. When there is, you know, a reunion, that's what we cook. So I'm looking forward for that as well. Oh, so good. Who will be there to cook together? Uh, well, we have lots of family coming um, to, to, you know, see us, see me and my partner and celebrate with us. We have also a couple of friends coming from Australia because they have partners from Brazil. So everyone that is traveling towards me, <laughs> me and my me and my family, we will offer a nice lunch on a Sunday. Very traditional, basic. It's you know, sunny Sunday, music, popular music, caipirinhas, feijoada and friends. Yeah. Oh, you paint a beautiful picture. Um, I love it. Mayura, congratulations on your inclusion in the New Voices on Food Volume 2. Um, it's a beautiful story. People are going to, it's really going to make people feel and I think also perhaps be inspired to share their own family recipes and make sure that they're recorded. Um, but yeah, really appreciate you taking the time out of your trip home to share with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Danny. Thank you. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.